I am here. All right, let's uh, let's get this started. We'll do the uh, Jalen Rager and uh, Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> um, all right, I'll count down, and here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Extending the Play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Be sure to follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Extend the Play and myself at Ryan Rothstein33. You can find all of our content and episodes on our YouTube channel presented by Jacob Media. So subscribe at Jacob Media, J A K I B Media. You can also subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts at Extending the Play. Rate and review. We're also on Spotify, Anchor, any of the podcasts platforms sirius xm and sports map radio john writes for phillyvoice.com and sports illustrated at si.com so john on the previous episode we talked about the biggest topic out there really right now which is all the players opting out um locally since we're based in philadelphia uh marquise goodwin wide receiver for the eagles has decided to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. Uh, But some other news and notes here as we transition to other hot topics. Jalen Rager, the Eagles' first-round draft pick at also wide receiver, spoke to the media. And the big story of the offseason for the Eagles, the new quarterback spoke for the Eagles as well. So, John, let's get into that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I – I hesitate to bring up some controversy, create some controversy, but what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I I will say it it was an interesting dichotomy because Jalen Hurts, as you mentioned, uh, and Jalen Rager uh, both spoke and they got answered some, uh, asked some obvious questions. And one was uh, on Hurts and and how he's uh, communicated uh, with Carson Wentz. Uh, during the virtual offseason, and he basically said, not much, not much communication whatsoever. Hmm. Uh, Whereas Jalen Rager was asked about Deshaun Jackson, and Deshaun called Jalen Rager uh, after he was drafted, uh, offered um, some advice and encouragement uh, and it's it's always an interesting thing uh, if you think about the NFL work environment because often as a player, and you saw last year with Jason Peters and Andre Dillard, often as a veteran player, you're asked to mentor your heir apparent, the guy who's going to replace you. Some guys handle it well. Some guys uh, do not. Uh, I don't know if you saw that video with Aaron Rodgers. It was pretty funny talking about Jordan Love, talking about he was sipping tequila during the draft and he had to go get four fingers of it after they took a quarterback (laughs) instead of uh, 
Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk. He wanted a receiver really badly. I, I just thought it was interesting. And, and it's a little bit different because, let's face it, Jason Peters and, and Deshaun Jackson and Aaron Rodgers are all aging players. Uh, Carson is not. So when we go all the way back to this draft and that pick, and I, I think people forget how many observers were surprised by it. It was a weird pick. There's no question about it. And I don't think Carson Wentz is happy about that pick, to be perfectly honest. Really? Now, <laughs> when you say the pick, you're talking about the quarterback at 53, correct? Correct. Uh, I yeah, mean, exactly. and it makes sense because he's not an aging player. Look, nobody likes it. And Brett Favre didn't like it when Aaron Rodgers got drafted. And Aaron Rodgers now comes full circle. He doesn't like it when Jordan Love gets drafted. It happens to everybody at some point. But it's more understandable when you're that age. And, and Carson isn't that age. Uh, he's still yeah, in but, front. Uh, sorry to cut you off, John. But it's like, here's how I look at it. And we had these conversations right after the draft when we talk about Well, the Eagles could have, you know, if they didn't go that direction at quarterback, maybe they go get Andy Dalton. Maybe they go get, you know, whoever it is, insert a veteran quarterback. Why is the perception of signing a veteran quarterback so much different? Like everyone looks at the draft like, well, this because they drafted him, this means he's the guy and he's replacing him. The Eagles needed a backup quarterback. You know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. There was a hole on the depth chart at that spot for backup quarterback. So, I mean, I I look at, if you go get a veteran, I look that, look at that potential as worse than drafting someone. How, how how dare you impugn Nate Sudfeld, but (laughs) sorry, Nate, the summer of Sudfeld was just a couple summers ago. You're right. It might be as simple as that. I'm not trying to say it it isn't, or it can't be as simple as that. It is just a different way of doing business. So anytime when you go away from the conventional norm, and that's what the Eagles did with that pick, uh, it creates some questions. And I think rightfully so. I think you have to ask the questions. And I think from my standpoint, look, it's got more to do. You mentioned bringing in Andy Dalton. I, I think short term, that's a better way to go if you need a quarterback to win two, three games to do what Nick Foles did potentially. That's that's a better route to go uh, if you're trying to be a contender than throwing a rookie quarterback with no experience, no offseason. Of course, the Eagles, um, um, no one knew uh, about the pandemic. So you kind of throw that part of it out there. Uh, However, um, let's say, for instance, Carson gets hurt again. And Andy Dalton was here and he comes in, even if he plays well at Andy's age, uh, he's not the long-term answer. So I think you have some comfort uh, if you're Carson Wentz to understand you're still the guy. Now, and, and I wrote about this right after the draft, and this is the concern. Now, you look at his contract. You look at his injury history. Now, project another injury And then Jalen Hurts gets on the field. And the second part of this, and again, this is all unlikely. What if he plays well? 
What if, what if he goes on a run? What if what if he plays six games and wins all six games? You gonna sit him, or are you gonna say to yourself, you know what? This is our quarterback of the future. This is a guy on a cost-effective rookie contract, and we can trade Carson Wentz. We can alleviate some of those salary cap issues and also garner significant compensation back. That is the path to a quarterback controversy. Granted, there's a lot of caveats in there. Uh, yeah. The assumption that a young quarterback with no offseason is going to hit the ground running and be tremendously successful is very unlikely. But what if he is Russell Wilson? What if he gets on the field and he's got that innate ability to win football games? That's that's what you're thinking if you're Carson Wentz. In the dark depths of your mind, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, no, that's that's human nature, and and I completely understand um, all of that. So what, what do you take from Jalen Hurts saying we haven't spoke and we're going to get maybe too in depth with this question here, but what was the tone of how he said it? Because you're asked a question and you can say, ah, you know what, because of the pandemic, Carson's busy. I'm busy. It's more difficult to communicate. You know, I just, we haven't had the ability to talk like maybe we would have. Was it more along of those lines or was it like, ah, no, <laughs> I haven't heard from them. Well, it was that they, they have spoken. It just wasn't a lot, as as Jalen described, it wasn't a lot of communication. He wasn't in Houston when Carson worked out uh, uh, with some players. Vice versa, he was in Tampa with Deshaun Jackson, and his eyes lit up when he started talking about Deshaun Jackson. And that's another part of it. What if he starts bonding with players? We've all known the whispers about Carson Wentz, some aloofness, whether it's fair or not. Uh, we can talk about Alshon Jeffrey ad nauseum. Uh, but if you're building relationships with players, that enters into it as well. And then the part which was interesting because um, Jalen uh, has the same quarterback guru as Deshaun Watson. When Deshaun Watson was brought up, his eyes lit up. And with Carson, now all this, I'm going to put some context to it. And and there's obvious context, and that being the pandemic, and less obvious, which is Carson had a baby. Uh, So, you know, he's not (laughs) – he's focused on that more than, oh, I'm going to try to contact my rookie backup quarterback every other day. So I do think some of it is just logical. Uh, But I I also think – you have to at least put these little things into the mix because it was a strange pick to begin with. I think there is something to the fact that the Eagles are concerned about the injury history about more, not that Carson isn't, I think people take that the wrong way as well. The concern lies in, in the way he plays the game, which makes you susceptible uh, to getting hurt not the other way around. They're not claiming he's not tough or he won't play through things. They're just concerned with the way he plays the game, and that makes you injury prone. And that's why Jalen Hurts is here. And then what I said before, Ryan, then you put the contract into it and say, can we get cheaper at this position? Is this a really good player? 
Well, why no. wouldn't you? If if Jalen Hurts turns into a really good player, why would you want Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback making $25 million a year versus a rookie deal? Doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And, and that would be a great problem for the Eagles to have. That would be a bad problem for Carson Wentz, as you're you know, insinuating and, and, and detailing there. Um, extending the play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Subscribe on YouTube at Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere. Uh, you re- get your podcasts, rate, review, leave five stars. John, what do you take from all of that, Dan? I mean, that's, that's a comment that clearly stands out, uh, especially with the landscape of the organization, um, with the backup quarterback and the history there. Jalen Rager, any other you know, comments, anything that stood out from his standpoint? Yeah, I think uh, just that and what I mentioned, the dichotomy and the fact that Sean Jackson went out of his way to call Jalen Rager if he was drafted and encourage him. Uh, whereas the Eagles have kind of explained, look, that's the position he's going to play. Uh, and essentially the goal before Marquise Goodwin opted out uh, was for him to start at that Z receiver position behind Deshaun Jackson, learn that and kind of branch from there. Uh, and, and Deshaun uh, has, who has had his off the field problems, obviously in other avenues of life. But I think it's a positive that he's grown on the field uh, as far as being a leader, because, you know, he went out of his way. That's the difference to contact the guy and to encourage him. And, and he also said, and this is Deshaun Jackson. He also said, don't settle with, with sitting back and, and waiting uh, for me. He said, you know, go for it right now. Try to get on the field, try to uh, be a contributor immediately. I, I thought that was a really, really positive uh, development from a leadership and mentorship standpoint from Deshaun Jackson. I thought it was an interesting um, comparison. And I think a lot of it does just come down to age. I, I don't think a, a 26, 27 year old Deshaun Jackson acts that way, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so when you people will say I'm criticizing Carson Wentz, I completely understand why Carson Wentz isn't happy. Um, but I, I do think it needs to be pointed out. No, it, 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 uh, it absolutely has to be pointed out. So is there anything there? Like when I, when I ask, is there anything there, you know, looking to your crystal ball, how do you see that relationship playing out? Um, when I say that relationship, I mean, Wentz and Jalen Hurts, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth between Hurts and Rager, but how do you see that quarterback dynamic and relationship playing out and you, you can answer the same question for the receivers as well yeah I, I i don't think it becomes a problem uh unless carson gets hurt uh so i do think there's a a lot of uh, uh hurdles before you get into any kind of issue uh because right now uh he's the guy I, i'm not trying to uh, even intimate at all, the Eagles are considering that he isn't the guy. Uh, this is just an insurance policy, uh, a really uh, expensive insurance policy when you consider the asset part of it, not necessarily the salary part of it, uh, for the first four years. Um, and, and, and that's what it is right now. The other stuff only comes into play 
uh, once, um, as I said, something like an injury occurs and if Jalen is forced onto the field, and oh, by the way, if that happens, we don't even know he's the backup quarterback. He's got a lot to prove not having an offseason. Uh, and Nate Sudfeld could be that guy. So uh, a lot of a lot of ways you can go down that direction. As far as a personal relationship, I mean, that has more to do with personalities and things of that nature. And we have to sort of wait and see how that shakes out. Uh, but I've only heard good things about Jalen Hurts, about his competitiveness, about his leadership. And that could be good and be bad because he, he doesn't seem to be the type to me to accept being a backup. Like he thinks he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And that's a very good thing. I, I mean, you don't want somebody who thinks their lot in life is to be a backup. So I, I think that uh, factors into everything as well. And then the receivers, I think it's more clear cut. I think, you know, Deshaun's certainly uh, not a dumb guy. He's 33 years old. Uh, he knows the lifespan of the typical speed receiver uh, in this league, and he's outlived it already. So you kind of know from that standpoint you're on borrowed time. And when they take a first-round pick to play your position – well, that emphasizes it even more. So I do think he understands he's closer to the finish line than the starting gun. And I, again, I applaud his leadership. Extending the play with John McMullen and Ryan Rothstein. Uh, John, how big of a year is this for Carson Wentz as we wrap up this episode? It's always a big year for Carson Wentz. It's a stupid question, but do you think this whole dichotomy of Jalen Hurts coming in and, you know, just the human nature aspect that we discussed. Does that propel Carson Wentz? And that answer is unknown, and it could be sure it does. But how how important of a year is this for Carson Wentz? Well, you're right. I, I think they're all important. But I, I do think he's going to have a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder uh, because he was surprised by the pick. Uh, when you not only um, – uh, are a star quarterback in this league, but you're coming off signing a massive contract. You're, you're feeling pretty comfortable. Uh, they, <laughs> uh, I would imagine. And <laughs> if, if Carson did drink like Aaron Rodgers, he probably would have had uh, uh, four fingers of scotch uh, when he saw that pick come down and, and start to say uh, what the heck is going on here. Um, so, you know, everybody has understandably stayed on the same page and said uh, it's just a very valuable position. And, and the Eagles have, have used that narrative and been laughed at for the quarterback factory comment and, and things like that. Um, and from Carson's perspective, he wants to prove that he's the guy and that they're going to be spinning off Jalen Hurts in a couple years uh, for – for trade value, not Carson Wentz. Uh, and I think that will be the case if he's healthy and if he's on the field. It's going to be interesting to see. I know that much. And we're going to keep a close eye on it. And we'll continue to update you uh, all things Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. John, before we run on this episode, is there anything else you need to update us on? 
Uh, no, I think, you know, hopefully we're getting into that time where training camp has technically uh, opened, uh, but we're in that process where the COVID testing is going on. So the on-field work, uh, we got it, uh, another week before we even get into the really walk through and, and strength and conditioning portion. Uh, then we get into helmets and shells. First padded practice will be August 17th. So we're getting uh, a lot closer uh, hopefully, but as we all know, things change so quickly, um, and testing numbers have not been positive lately. And it's going to be interesting, Ryan, to see now that the veterans are in camp and getting tested, I think you're going to see a spike in positive tests and how, how does the media frame that? How do the fans handle that? And where does this story go? I think it's going to say a lot about how far we're going to get in this 2020 season. All questions that will remain topics right here on Extending the Play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. John, we'll see what's on the next episode. Who knows? All right. Thanks, Ryan. (laughs) Thanks, John. We'll catch everyone later. You've been listening to another episode of Extending the Play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen, alongside myself, host Ryan Rothstein, producer of The Tony Bruno Show. Be sure to check out all of John McMullen's work at phillyvoice.com and for Sports Illustrated at si.com. Like always, be sure to subscribe at our YouTube channel at Jacob Media. All these episodes are powered and presented by Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on any platform. Thank you once again for listening, and until next time, everyone.